All You Need to Know is brought to you by no one. No one at all. Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and Isaac Bayer. What's going on, All You Need to Know fans? My name is Quinn Eaton. I'm Isaac Bayer. I I am a little bit, little bit of a delay there, Isaac. Fan. Well, I didn't know you were going to introduce me or not. I just uh, I was just going to say that I'm I am an AY and 2K fan. Gotcha. Well, we we appreciate that, Isaac. Uh, and of course, I don't know if do you have to disclose that or reveal that if you are co-hosting the podcast because that would almost imply that you are some sort of fan, right? It's all you need to know. Um, nah. Uh-uh, no, probably not. Standing okay. rounds always on here, and he's dang. Well, one could argue. One could argue he's not a fan, but I think he is. The you know what's part of. You know what's sad is I haven't heard a peep out of Stanley Round in in four weeks. Uh, last time I I checked in with him, and for those that don't know, Stanley Round, super fan that's been with us since the very beginning. He discovered our podcast looking for some sort of theater podcast. He accidentally listened to DJ and I one time and. He was with us from there, and whenever I say with us, he dismantles every single podcast episode that we produce. He sends us an email usually after each episode to tell us everything that we did wrong. Usually not a thing, a lot of things that we did right, um, but on that note, it's weird that you brought it up. I haven't heard from him in four weeks. Now, Who's that? let me remind you that he usually sends a recap email after every single episode. So I am a little concerned, especially wow, because the last, the last thing that I, I saw is that he was going hiking in the mountains. So I haven't seen anything about like Stanley Round missing. Stanley Round. Will you be there at his funeral if he if he comes up to see? I've got I've got faith that he's gonna pull through, even if he's been missing for four weeks. Uh he's the he's not the type of guy that give up that easy. But we're not talking about Stanley Round today. Uh, it's weird that you brought him up because of uh, all those things that are happening behind the scenes. But yeah, Isaac, you're back, and we are doing the podcast remote. And it kind of pains me to say that that will most likely be the fashion that we bring all you need to know to life with uh, for the time being, for the foreseeable future, only because I just moved. So you can't make fun of me anymore for living. He's in- not living. And I'll say it, he's not living with his parents anymore. Yes. So you didn't have to say that. I was just kind of... Uh, I'll just say it. I was I was saying more along the lines of, like, I, I moved out of my hometown, uh, at least for the time being, and uh, you did bring up the fact that I was living with my parents prior to uh, the move. But that was that's not something that is uh, uncommon right now with, with, now the, with these living? interest rates. And mortgage mortgage prices and things like that. Um, I'll I'll say that I'm I'm now you're living in a closet because there's clothes behind you. Yes, and jackets and a hat rack. Uh-huh. So this is a uh, hat rack. This is an audio medium. So remember that you didn't have to give up what my background was. But if uh, if I can explain anything by saying this, um, the only place in my new uh, apartment. That is quite enough to do a podcast from is the closet. So, if that tells you anything, I have moved to a to a bigger city, and that's all I'll say. But that that's not what we're talking about. We, we've talked about cities before. We've talked about moving. We, we've talked we've talked about closets. Even. We haven't talked about moving. Yeah, 
So and we certainly haven't talked about closets. I am really excited to get to today's topic. And you and I'm are really saying... excited for sure because I'm I've now that you moved, I'm permanently in DJ's place. He's gone, I'm in. He's out, I'm in. And that's permanent. And that's what I'm excited about today. So well, I haven't DJ, even been thinking about the topic. DJ and I have been in communication about uh, him getting some things together in order for us to still do the podcast remote. Uh, some technical difficulties again with DJ. And by technical difficulties, I mean he didn't text me back. So he, the, his phone must not be working. But uh, I, had to kind of, I, had, sure. I had to kind of pull the trigger uh, here and, and get this one done just so that all you need to know fans, you know, the, the 40 to 50 people that listen every week, uh, you know, don't miss out on their on their weekly pick me up. So Isaac is stepping in and he might step in more often, but still the title of I is not official. I am taking all- the title. I'm 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 in talks, contractual talks with DJ on the aside that you don't know. about. <laughs> OK. I'm sure you are. And we're not going to talk about that anymore because I feel like I'm I'm sure that fans get tired of us droning on and on about I'm Isaac I'm going to take over. You know, everybody understands. No. That's, our, that's the audience's favorite recurring bit. And you want you want the picture that, that shows up on the podcast uh, title thing. You want it to be your face and not DJ's face. And maybe I can do some photoshopping and and make something work there. But what we're going to do right now, because we have so much to get into, I'm so excited to talk about this. This is a topical thing where maybe we're not necessarily early on it, but we are early in the sense of it might have made more sense to do this next week. But put all that aside, this is episode, topic ready. So this is episode 272. Today's topic, Barbenheimer. What do now, I what, whenever yeah, yeah whenever someone says Barbenheimer Isaac what does that can mean? you can you no I was gonna ask you can you give a rundown on what Barbenheimer means yeah 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 it imagine with me if you would for a moment a world um a world at war mm. for the second time mm. uh and imagine with me if you would for a moment. This world on fire, Mm. exploding. We're talking casualties in the millions. Now imagine if, as bad as that looks, what if we made it paint? What if we made it fashionable? The topic of today is how do we make the apocalypse how do we make mutually assured destruction, international mutually assured destruction, a uh, hip? And Quinn has brought with him a top eight things that we can do to make the apocalypse fashionable. Well, and everything on that list of eight things that you just alluded to is... Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out on the same day. So for those that aren't familiar, and surely you are by now, because the memes have been plentiful and they've been legendary. But on July 21st, on July 21st, I believe, 
Barbie starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling comes out the same day. Christopher Nolan's next great film, air quotations, hopefully it's great. Oppenheimer starring, uh, is it Cillian Murphy? Um, it's just, it's a, it's a who's Matt Damon's in there. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in there. Florence Pugh. Uh, yeah, Florence Pugh's in there. I mean, it's only because I sent you that tweet earlier. I don't know if that's true. I, I, I like Florence Pugh. She was in Black Widow. I thought she did great. Um, I've seen her in a oh, couple gosh. of other that films. That is a really terrible film. I well, can't believe you said that. But we're not talking about terrible films because we're talking about two of the most highly anticipated movies. I think, and, and, and I'm not exaggerating whenever I say this, of mankind. Two of the okay, most... That is an exaggeration. No, 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 I'm not. Before it, I prefaced it by saying I'm not exaggerating. Barbenheimer, so Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out on the same day has to be one of the biggest blockbuster moments in the history of the human universe and i'm not exaggerating when i say that. i think that is a heavy exaggeration i couldn't come up with a i i know you were about to ask you you held your drink up and then you put it down ever so slightly as if to say it didn't give me another example and i go ahead and just beat you there i don't have another example off the top of my head but i will say this i think that christopher nolan's great i think oppenheimer looks really good i think the barbie looks funny i don't think however that the hype surrounding these two movies would be as high if they weren't coming out on the same day. Exactly. I think the irony of the Barbie movie and a very serious film about a man who's who has changed the trajectory of world peace and warfare for its entirety, the dichotomy of those two things, I think, is is what makes it interesting and, exp- and, and, and anticipated. And how fans, or at least memesters, have have run with it because Easters. like you said the juxtaposition of a happy go lucky barbie movie which at the same time it does look like barbie's going to have some self reflective moments and it might you know cut to the heart in some, will in some portions and it has will ferrell in it sure uh and then you've got oppenheimer which like you said is a movie surrounding the creation of the first atomic bomb and it allegedly doesn't use any cgi so people are very concerned about what that means uh and it's either they either blew something, they blew up a nuke, or they don't show that at all. Which, if you if you have a movie based on that premise, and then you don't show the nu- nuclear bomb going off, I don't really see the point. But the best part it's about confirmed. it, the best part There's about course, it, by the way. is people have been laying out their day of how they're going to go about this first or second day that Barbie and Oppenheimer have come out. So you're seeing people uh, debating if they're going to do a double feature, which one do you see first? Uh, I personally don't have any standing reservations to go see both of them on the same day. Uh, I'll look up the runtimes. And I know I should. I'll look up the, I'll look the runtimes up here in a second. The only standing reservation I have right now is to go see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which comes out wow. the same he day that this Mission podcast Impossible. comes out. Yeah, so very very excited about Tom Cruise's new film. And there's that also ties into the Barbenheimer. I mean, I don't want to bring up Tom Cruise. I feel like I do it all the time, especially the last like, 30 the episodes. But Tom Cruise, I think, single-handedly moved up the release date of Mission Impossible he Dead is. Reckoning Part 1. That way, so his, it wouldn't release. that way, his film would have more yeah. days in an IMAX theater 
because once Oppenheimer comes out, it takes over all the IMAX theaters, which is understandable. But Tom was there for a second. Tom was livid. He was like, hey, you got to you got to make sure Mission Impossible gets in the IMAX theaters for longer than a week. And then uh, I think he kind of did a, a 180 or would it be a, a 360 or a 180? It'd be a 180, right? He did a 180. Let me explain what, what I was saying before I asked you that question, I guess. He did a 180 because then he was seen promoting the Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie, saying that he's going to go see them both on the same day. He's been very positive about those two movies after, I guess, it came out that he was upset at those two movies for maybe stealing some of his thunder. But it's it's funny because usually if you have a blockbuster movie, you kind of want it to come out on its own, on its own weekend. And so Mission Impossible is going to have that because it's coming out this week. And then the following week is whenever you have Barbie and Oppenheimer. And usually, I mean, the, the same two groups of people are probably not going to go see those movies anyways. So it shouldn't matter, yeah. but but they are two. They are two big blockbuster movies. Uh, a lot of anticipation. I know a lot of funding for both of them, and I think it's actually helped them. Uh, as as we've kind of alluded to so far in this conversation, they kind of have built on each other's momentum. Like there's if there's momentum for Barbie, then Oppenheimer's kind of on the wagon behind it, and vice versa. So that's the really funny part about it is usually you want the the theater or the box office to yourself for a weekend, especially during the summer. And instead we're seeing two movies come out on the same day and it's flourishing and it's, it's actually mutually beneficial. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. I don't Certainly not in my own lifetime. You know, when cinema was real big classic cinema in the eighties and nineties uh, coming up, I'm sure there were some big hits even in the seventies. Probably there were some big opening weekends together, but Never, I don't think to this degree, but I also think it's because of the sheer differences in the movie. You know, I gotta ask if you're watching both the same day, what order are you doing it and what time? How long in between? Sure. And I said earlier that I wanted to look at the run times because that plays a part. Two hours, Barbie, Barbie, two hours, one hour, four. Barbie is an hour and 54 minutes. Oppenheimer is at the three hour mark. So it is going to be surprised. A, it's going to be a marathon. Uncle in, and it's it's a Christopher Nolan movie. So those are typically longer. And you know why would you only take two and a half hours to tell the story of, of Oppenheimer? You know, so uh, I as as I mentioned earlier, there there have been all kinds of different theories and uh, methods that people are putting out there as to how they're going to handle the double feature experience. Personally, it's it's really tough because. Do you want to see the matinee Oppenheimer? Because that's kind of early in the morning to to kind of deal with some of those things. At the same time, do you want to end with Oppenheimer after you've already seen Barbie? Because I do feel like Barbie would be a pretty decent palate cleanser. So it is a really tough decision if you were to see them on the same day. The likelihood of, like I said earlier, the likelihood of me doing that, not very high. Okay. Astronomical. But, but if I had to do it, and and I and I I think what I would do, I would get up, I would eat a breakfast, I would hopefully have a group of people that I'm doing this with. I would eat a really good breakfast around maybe 9 30, 10 in the morning. I would what's try in to, the breakfast. What's that? What's in the breakfast? What's in the stomach? Are you gonna be crapping your pants in the theater? No, no, no. You have so, a stomach full of bacon. It's going to be a lighter. Uh, it's maybe light gonna be, oatmeal and fruit. It's going to be oatmeal, fruit, uh, maybe some yogurt, and no wow. coffee. No coffee. 
uh, just to Good make choice. sure, just to make sure, because uh, three. You're not falling asleep. I am going to go to Oppenheimer around twelve. This is a hypothetical. Wow. I would like to to kind of get out of there at three, have some time to decompress. I just literally want an, an hour afterwards to just say, "Man, holy smokes!" Talk to some people that saw that I saw it with. Maybe go for a walk in the park, look at the birds, and then plan a nice light dinner as well. Maybe at Applebee's and skipping lunch. Yes, but I'm eating that kind of later breakfast, and then maybe snacking on a, on a popcorn of some sort while I'm but, seeing Oppenheimer. But, but- yeah, but then you're ruining it with Applebee's. I said possibly Applebee's. It doesn't have to be Applebee's. Applebee's isn't a deal breaker. And I'll I have one dollar PBRs. On, a light on dinner. A light dinner around four thirty-five, and then go see Barbie at six o'clock, and then I'm done with the whole day around eight eight thirty. Maybe go out for a couple of drinks afterwards and kind of talk about. Uh, and do a rhetorical analysis on on both of those films. I think that would be an effective way to do it. I'd say if you're having dinner at four thirty in the afternoon, you you might be psych psychotic. You might need to be committed. But do you see why I'm laying the schedule out? Because of the length of length of both movies, it would be difficult, and I wouldn't necessarily want to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I'm cutting out lunch to make room for snacks during the movies. Uh, that's right. And if that's the case, you don't need to be eating dinner at 4.30. You know, this whole day, if you're going to see Barbie and Oppenheimer and, you know, plan a schedule, it's kind of like a 4th of July. You need do you need the next day off of work. You need yes. to not be doing anything. You got to have some time to internalize. And so for that, I think, you know, you got the right track. I say eat a little later, watch a, watch a little later, and then end your day a little later. There's there's no version of this, though, uh, at least for a right minded person And this. And I'm asking this as a question to you. There's no way that you would see Oppenheimer walk immediately walk out of the movie, go up to the box office, buy your ticket for Barbie and walk back in. You need some time in between. Right. Or do you just want to knock them all out five straight hours of, of movies? Uh, I think I think he got some medical problems after sitting Still for five hours. Yes. You're going to want to go to the bathroom. I will say this. You know, the 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 kind of the sensation behind the two, the fact that people are saying, let me go watch this, then let me go watch the other. I think it's uh, I think it's guaranteed. It's undoubted that there will be certain theaters scheduling movies precisely what I did. They will say, well, let's watch Oppenheimer at noon, and then at 3.15, Barbie starts. And that is how... Right. That is... They will... There will be people. There will be theaters that operate like that. So you're saying that people are... At least movie movie owners are going to... Or theater owners are going to assume that all of these memes are coming true and that people are actually going to plan out a day where they see both films. And they want to make that easily accessible for those customers. But only on the first day. Only on releasing, releasing day. I would say that Friday and Saturday, maybe have some possible lineups. Uh, Sunday, though, like you said, you don't need to see it. You don't need to do this Barbenheimer double feature on Sunday and then turn around and try to go to work on Monday. You're going to be useless. You're going to be probably useless for a couple of days afterwards. Just Just trying to digest all of the things that are going through your head after you see those movies. And I hate to do this, but I'm going to raise you 
to I'm going to raise the stakes a little bit. Okay, I I see and call Barbenheimer, and I raise you, impossible Barb Barbenheimer, impossible Barbenheimer. You see one. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One around ten o'clock. Uh, the runtime for that I think is around two and a half hours. So then you're out of the out of that around twelve thirty. Oh you oh maybe get a, a quick lunch. You come back to the to the theaters. You see Oppenheimer at one thirty. You're out of it oh two thirty three thirty four thirty. You leave the theater, eat a dinner. You come back for Barbie around six. Is is would that? Oh my gosh! Would that even cross your mind, or would would someone have to pay you to do that? You know, I always like to say, you know, commit to the bit. You know, I like to say that. Uh, you know, watching two movies back to back feels like a chore. Feels like you got to say, all right, I got to do this. You know, if I'm going to do this, I should do this. Watching three full feature length films in theaters, expending an entire like 18 hour day uh, is by itself a deliberate and purposeful challenge accepted mm -hmm. you're not doing this because you want to do it you're doing it because it's either funny or uh you know you're sadistic or maybe you're an influencer and you want maybe to you create are. create a youtube video that gets yeah. a ton of clicks that would exactly be and maybe yeah maybe you're an influencer maybe you're ay2k and you're gonna do a triple feature Dude. movie movie review because I know how much you love to do movie reviews, going back to the Avatar 2 review. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that is something, it sounds like something you would do. Uh, the one main problem I see, no movie theater in America, is opening before 12 noon. You're behaving as if, you know, you could even do this possibly. Because the movie theater is not opening before 12. Movie theater is like, open in the afternoon. If I made a phone call... I could get the movie theater open and I'm not saying that I'm a big deal, but if I explained what it was and then maybe if I made a YouTube video out of it, gave the theater credit for allowing me to do it, or I know there it's not as expensive as you think to rent out an entire movie theater. So what if I got a group about 20 people together and we put our, we put our funds in a pile, we throw it at the movie theater and we say, we want you guys to play mission impossible and then Oppenheimer, and then Barbie, back to back to back. Lock the doors, turn the heat up, throw us a, a big uh, like cattle. Doors. Yeah, throw us a big cattle uh, tub of popcorn in there. Uh, give us, you know, guinea pig water bottles that are on the back of every seat so we can we can stay hydrated during this. Or turn into like the Wally. Exactly. It, whatever it has to be. I think that that would be possible, and I think that if the movie theater knew that they were going to get some free advertising out of it, they might be on board with it. But in in all in all reality and in all seriousness, I'll go ahead and say it: I'm not going to go see Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same day. I'm certainly not going to see Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One on the same day as those two, only because I would have already by that time it would have been out for a week and a half. I would have already seen it twice in theaters by that time, so I don't see the I don't see the twice reason. in a week and a half. On yeah, I don't see the reason. Well, I would probably go opening night by myself uh, because I sometimes like to digest a movie on my own and not have you know any distractions. 
Uh, and then if I if I liked it, which I know that I will because the Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews on it are just phenomenal, saying it's one of the best action movies of all time. Uh, then I would then I would gather a group of people together and say, "Come with me and see the stylings of Tom Cruise on the biggest screen that you've ever seen." And they would say, "Okay, yeah, sure, let's go see Mission Impossible." I I think that what's going on with Barbie and Oppenheimer though is such a cool cultural moment. It's going to be in textbooks. It's going to be in textbooks. I know it is. No, one textbooks. Textbooks. Future textbooks. Future textbooks. Mathematics textbooks? Not in mathematics. It's going to be social studies and history. Uh, They're going to say, this was the biggest box office weekend of all time. What led up to it? And how can uh, big corporate movie producing companies and reproduce it? Exactly. And it's not going to happen. I mean, this is lightning in a bottle. This is... If Shrek two and the Cat in the Hat Shrek one and Mike Myers Mike Myers's oh. Cat in the Hat came out on the same day, it would be that's not as impressive though. It would be just such a hard decision. And and here's the other thing. Here's here's an even tougher question: Is both Barbie and Oppenheimer look great? And if you are only going to see one of them, which one are you going to see first? Oh man, you know. That's a that's the that's the real question because if you do it the same day, you anticipate the next one. You don't really have any much, too much stakes. But if you're gonna watch one, then have to like wait a week or two or or like a digital release. You know, it's hard to say. Frankly, I'll be the first to say it. I think it's got to be Barbie. I'll be the mm. first to say it and the last to admit it. I think it's got to be Barbie. I think I love Christopher Nolan films. Oppenheimer looks incredible. Um, three hours. I've done it before. I don't mind it, but an hour and a half break to go to the bathroom without stakes would be nice if I could just watch it in the peace of my own home. Right. Maybe set up some surround sound or something. Maybe call the movie theater, see if I can get them to lend me the 600 pound, 11 mile long film reel yep. uh, meant for the IMAX projector. I am going to say this in my own home. I I think that Barbie is, is it really depends on what you're going for. If you kind of want to have a relaxing weekend, you go see Barbie. If you want to really think about, you know, the, the, the humanity uh, and the destruction that has happened since Oppenheimer's invention, right. Then, and, and you're willing to take the, take on those thoughts and that heaviness, go see Oppenheimer. I want to I want to put this out there because, like you, I love Christopher Nolan movies. We even did a top ten Christopher Nolan movies list uh, on one of the All You Need to Know episodes. I don't know wh- what exact episode it was, but we ranked the ten existing Christopher Nolan films. So Oppenheimer hadn't come out at the time. I'm going to say that because of Christopher Nolan's last movie, Tenet, right? There were some people that said it was great. There were moments for me where I thought where I thought that it was it was good. But I think that if this was a baseball game and and holding it up to the rest of Christopher Nolan's catalog, his last two movies, Dunkirk and Tenet, strike one, strike two. So Oppenheimer, 
Oppenheimer. That is an incredibly powerful thing to say from a man with no film experience, expertise in any way. Just the the layman, the consumer. But listen, but hear me out because Tenet was visually stunning. I thought that it was a great movie. It was? Okay, I thought yeah, so. it was. Yeah, no, I guess so, yeah. I didn't plot, see Dunkirk, to be fair. Plot-wise, story-wise, he lost, I would say, about 65 to, to 70% of the people that walked into that movie theater to see it. Yeah, now, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. It was hard to follow. Maybe I would say, well, it was just a tough, it was a tough task for him to try to tackle with Tenet. But then you look at one of his other great films, Inception, where he did it beautifully. He did it without a hiccup. He did it with no confusion. Even though there were moments and the and the 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 finale, that last shot of, of Inception is confusing in itself, but that's what it's intended to be. Tenet in itself was not intended to be confusing for two and a half hours. That's they true. they laid it out to where they expected that's people true. to get it and they didn't get it. Um, it did. I will give it credit and say that it did get people back to the movies because it came out during the pandemic, which was kind of impressive to see some people say like, well, I haven't been around people for a while, but I'm going to go see this movie. But yeah, I, I will I will stand by that. And say that I think Christopher Nolan has something to prove here with, wow. with Oppenheimer. And as, as great as his his last movies, the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Memento, all of these all time. Interstellar? Right. Interstellar. Even that one. Right. right? That one was a, a confusing, but you can understand that one as well. Right. So if Oppenheimer is overhyped and it doesn't deliver, I, I I'm not gonna say that I'm out on Christopher Nolan, but every movie that has come out of his in the past decade, I've been like, I gotta go see it. If if I go see Oppenheimer, it underdelivers, it's it's too intricate, it fails to you know, I, I don't know, tell the story that it set out to tell, I might be out on... on You're you know, reading no way one. too into it. You're I'm reading just, way too just into saying. it. I can understand the Tenet uh, Interstellar Inception comparison. He likes to kind of dip into the sci-fi from it, you know, occasionally for what have you. But this is, this man is telling a story. He's got a he's got a, a whole slew of A-list actors and he is dramatizing and retelling actual historical events. If you're concerned about following along, that's got to be on you. That's got to be on the consumer. It cannot be on Christopher Nolan. So, Unless we get into Oppenheimer and it's like Earth number two, this is, you know, an alternate universe. Then I say, all right, Mr. Nolan, let's run this one back. Yes. And I agree with I you. I don't there. see that happening. And instead of spending any more time on that question, to kind of close out, I do want to pose this one. Could Christopher Nolan have directed Barbie? And what would that look like? You mean, did did he do it behind the scenes? Or could he have? Could he have? What would it look like if Christopher Nolan directed both Barbie and Oppenheimer? Or just, just Barbie? Like thinking of the Christopher Nolan lens and putting it on the story that Barbie's trying to tell, which I believe Margot Robbie and... Uh, Ryan Gosling playing Barbie and Ken uh, go from a world where it's just like it's Barbie world and everything's perfect to into the real world. And they realize that not everything is as happy as it seems. Christopher Nolan, I feel like could put a good spin on that. And I would be interested to see it. 
I've never seen Christopher Nolan write one joke into his film. That's him right now for me, a single funny moment in a Christopher Nolan film, and I will admit that he could do it. Right, uh, right, Barbie. Direct I think, Barbie. I think I remember one in uh, one of the Dark Knight films. I think I also remember one in Interstellar, and they both might have been with Michael Caine. Is Michael Caine in Oppenheimer? I don't know, but there are directors that have go-to actors like Tarantino does that a lot. Does well, Christopher Nolan? That's a good question. Put it in the poll. Um, poll question: Does Christopher Nolan have a thing for Michael Caine? Yes. Oh wait, this might yes, be. Yes, he does. This, There's uh, a correct answer for the poll this week. There is a correct answer. I don't. Yes. I don't know if I'm being. I don't know if I'm being uh, punked. He's got to be in Dunkirk. I don't know Old if I'm being British. punked by the internet, but it does look like uh, I'm. I'm seeing that Christopher Nolan is returning to theaters in 2020 with Oppenheimer and is going back to his memento roots with Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Matt Damon, Rami Malek. Yeah, so so he's calling in all of the the regular Big cast. Ones. Yeah. I think the only one that he should They've have They've all got back, like a little red phone. I think so too. And then whenever it rings they're like, "Okay, I've got to go For be Snowland in Christopher Nolan's new new movie." <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Cillian Murphy, he's he's in almost every Christopher Nolan film that I've seen, I feel like, but all right, Barbenheimer. Maybe we'll 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 spin back to it uh, once it actually actually happens. But I did kind of want to get it out there for people to kind of listen and prepare, and maybe even make their own plans to go see it and figure out how they want to lay out their own day. But I'm excited. Uh, it's just kind of nice that I, I like the movies, and there was that period where it felt like, you know, theaters were in jeopardy. And now we're getting all these blockbusters again. Tom Cruise, I hate to talk about him again. I actually don't. I love talking about Tom Cruise. But he brought the movies back with Top Gun Maverick last summer. He really now, did. We owe it to Tom. And before wow. that movie came out, right? So in the trailers before it, he was like, hey, thanks for coming out to the movies to see Top Gun Maverick. I'm currently filming Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Thanks for going out to the movies and supporting the stuff that we do. And then he jumped out of a helicopter or an airplane or something. And that was just for a trailer. So that man will do anything to get someone to the movies. Except for leave Scientology. And on that note, that's going to do it for this episode of All You Need to Know. My name is Quinn Eaton. I'm Isaac Bear. We'll see you back here next week for we maybe, we don't know, maybe Wes Anderson. Maybe... Uh, maybe Tarantino. We've got a whole list. We're going down the list. Hope you got no plans till the month of October. We'll see you here next week, everybody. We haven't, you know, we haven't ever done one of those months where it's like this is, uh, this is, I don't know, Morgan Freeman month. We're gonna just talk about Morgan Freeman films and uh, directorial debuts and things like that. Kind of content, probably not. But anyways, uh, this has been all you need to know. This has been All You Need to Know. If you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email at allyouneed2no00 at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And tune in every Wednesday because here at AYN2K, we've got you covered.